You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. The Chocolate Lady and her crew are waiting waiting for you and it's never too early summer summer upon us and you're going to want those activities for the little ones and the chocolate camp at peterbrook chocolatier over the last i don't know several years the chocolate camp at peterbrook has been an absolute hit with parents of youngins around west central alabama give them a call at 205 752 one one. Hey, no age uh, too young, too old. By the way, you know if you're 52 like me, and you want to do a chocolate camp, they can do it for you right there at Peterbrook Chocolatier. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison, and together we combine to form the 60 of Sports Talk Radio. You know what I got to do yesterday afternoon after the program, Jacob Harrison. Was that? I got to play nine holes of golf with Pops. Pops had pretty much declared, proclaimed that his recreational golfing days were complete. I went by, I dug him out of 6047 Mizell and transported him to a golf course. We played nine holes. Pops did okay. You know, Pops had that rotator cuff surgery couple years ago so we weren't quite sure how that was going to work but pop still got it there is an athlete somewhere in there somewhere in that 73 year old five foot six frame there is an athlete from the mid 60s well even into the 70s pops was a pretty good athlete as i recall really up into his early 50s unlike myself uh he was still pretty competitive pretty competitive dude but we got him out we got him on the golf course. We had some fun with him. So it was a good afternoon. Good afternoon with Pops. We got a lot to talk about on the program today. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, 
Hey, Jacob, did you get a ring? Look like everybody in Tuscaloosa got a ring yesterday based on my social media timelines. I did not get a ring. So I, I don't know that that feeling. In fact, during my entire athletic career, I never got ringed. Jacob, did you ever get a ring back in your playing days for for any of your athletic accomplishments? Uh, no, we went a uh, one and nine my senior year after going zero and no ten my junior year. There are no rings <laughs> for that. You might you might get a you know a, a blow pop or whatever they were called. Uh, and then JV soccer, you don't get rings for that. So no, uh, no nothing. So you got a you didn't get a ring, but you got a donut. It sounds like that uh, a bagel. <laughs> Quite <that> often, <laughs> the offenses did not <laughs> score many points, Travis. <laughs> yeah. Way to go, Jacob! You guys screwed up just a historic two year run with that win in the senior year. You know, you could have just back to backed it with bagels. Uh, it's all good. The up. next year they they went winless as well. Hey, let's uh, let's opponent shame whoever it is you guys beat your senior. Who did you guys beat in your senior year of high school ball? We we beat Satsuma, who also uh, was winless <laughs> that year as well. I think we won something bowl. like thirty five to twenty eight yeah. or something like that too. It was pretty ridiculous. You guys should get like Einstein's Bagel Shop or something to sponsor that rivalry down there you know the bagel bowl sounds like but uh no rings for me i guess within our family within riordan the oldest daughter got ringed twice at shelton state you play for madonna thompson uh and joe eatman too now the men's coach done a great job there at shelton you play for madonna thompson at shelton state you're gonna get ringed all right you're a young lady you don't have to wait on some you know, bow or guy or whatever to put a ring on you. They'll put a ring on you in women's basketball out there at Shelton State. So she got two with Madonna. And uh, I think the younger brother, the younger brother got a state football championship ring or two back in his days and matriculating through the Bulls school there on the banks of the St. John's River. Fellow alum, along with, of course, Mac Jones there at the Bulls School off San Jose Boulevard. Yes, got a couple of rings down there. So uh, no rings for yours truly, though. And talked about this with Gary Harris on his program, the size of these rings. You know, I think these rings now have gotten big enough. Looking at the rings that Alabama football got, I think you could – some of these condo complexes they're building down there off the strip, I think you could you could build – I think you could build some of the, you could put some of those complexes on some of these rings that these guys are getting uh, around college football and college athletics these days. And it's a big part of recruiting, too. That doesn't hurt Nick Saban. Not that he needs a ton of help on the recruiting trail because that NFL draft coming up in a couple of weekends, that's going to help Nick as much as anything, if not more, than the national championships and the rings. But it's nice. It's very nice when you have not one but three rings that the fellas are getting. And I don't have any problem with it. You know, if we're not going to pay the student athletes, give them a ring for just about everything. Now, look, Alabama isn't going to ring them up. Maybe other places will. Alabama ain't going to ring these guys up for winning the Citrus Bowl a year ago. I don't think they did anyway. Maybe give them a nice watch. Get in that gift suite at the Citrus Bowl. They give them, what, 500 bucks. You can go in that Sony gift suite, see what you can come up with for that. But you win the national championship. You go 13-0. and 0. 
And uh, you win the Rose Bowl. Yeah, okay. It was played in Dallas this year. Still the Rose Bowl. When you talk about decoration and accomplishments of a college football team, going to be hard to beat 2020 Alabama. A season in which you go undefeated. A season in which you win the Southeastern Conference and you beat 10 SEC teams. Or was it 11? Yeah, it was 11 when you include the SEC championship game. And you win the Rose Bowl in that same season. Would have been nicer had it been played in Pasadena. Would have had a little more pop. I get that. But just line up the accomplishments. Going to be hard. Going to be very difficult, even by Alabama standards, to top the 2020 Crimson Tide. 205-342-9904. We're going to talk with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News coming up in just a little bit. We touched on some spring game action from over the weekend on yesterday's program. We're going to go in depth with Brent Beard on some places like Georgia, like LSU. And then coming up this weekend, you've got a pretty full slate of action. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, among others. Auburn last weekend. We'll do that with Brent coming up. In the very next segment, you've got some college baseball and some college softball around Tuscaloosa the next couple of nights. UNA in town at the Joe this evening for a 6 p.m. first pitch. Alabama, North Alabama, before the Crimson Tide heads to the Commonwealth for the weekend. Going to miss Derby weekend by a week. Alabama will. Never been to a Kentucky Derby either, by the way. That's on the bucket list. Of course, the youngest daughter will beat me to the punch. My kids get to do everything I haven't done. You ever notice that? Yeah. The youngest daughter hits us up yesterday for a loan, she calls it. A loan, right? Sure. Sure, she's going to pay it back. Because she's going to Churchill Downs in a couple weeks to go to the Derby. Got to have a hat. You know, you got to have a Derby hat. Got to have a Derby outfit. Yeah, you bet. Who's going to tell the baby girl no? Not me, and she knows that. So I get hammered for that. But uh, Alabama baseball up there in the state of Kentucky this weekend. You got Alabama softball tomorrow hosting USM before a non conference weekend. Louisiana Lafayette coming to the Rhodes House. Louisiana Lafayette traditionally, and they like to just be called the University of Louisiana now. They don't like to be called. Uh, Louisiana Lafayette. They used to be Southwestern Louisiana. Just Louisiana is what they want to be referred to over there in Lafayette. But you will have that series coming up this weekend. We'll see where the Crimson Tide is at in terms of player availability. After a weekend series against the Florida Gators that saw, as we talked about yesterday, some key members of that Alabama team not able to to participate we're going to step aside for a first break and we come back as promised brent beard of college sports today first coast news and a heisman trophy voter brent beard we're going to talk some sec football with brent brent's going to give us a how mummy update because look i know you're all sitting on the edge of your seats wondering what exactly how mummy the former head football coach at the university of kentucky man you think about 25 years ago and how much heat how Mummy was generating with that air raid offense and 
you know, this guy's the next Steve Spurrier and oh, the sky's the limit for Hal Mummy. What's Hal Mummy up to now? Brent Beard will tell us that along with a whole lot more. When Southern Fried Sports, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, returns on a Tuesday on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports and it's brought to you by Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider for Alabama athletics. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama catcher Sam Prager was selected as the Southeastern Conference Player of the Week. The league office announced on Monday. The award is the first of Prater's career and the first for the Crimson Tide this season. Prater becomes the first Crimson Tide player to earn the recognition since Sam Finnerty was named SEC Player of the Week back in April of 2019. The weekly honor is also the Tide's first since last season when Peyton Wilson was named the SEC Freshman of the Week on March 2nd. Prater led Alabama's power surge during the week, homering in three of the Tide's four games. He hit 429 the plate with three home runs, six runs batted in, four runs scored, two walks, and was also hit by two pitches. I'll have more in a moment. Hey, folks, at this time of year, Alabama is looking for commitments, players they can depend on in the future to wear the crimson and white. Well, as a business, you need a copier and printer partner that is committed to your needs. Dex Imaging has made the commitment to be the best in the business when it comes to office solutions. So do what I did and commit to Dex Imaging. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of Alabama. Athletics. If you missed last night's edition of Hey Coach, you can check it out on our Alabama Insider Podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Baseball head coach Brad Buchanan recapped the series win against Auburn and looks ahead to tonight's game with North Alabama and what's coming up this weekend against Kentucky. Also, former Tide quarterback and ESPN analyst Greg McElroy joined us to talk Crimson Tide football. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide today brought to you by Dex Imaging. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mild afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the high 76 degrees. Clouds increasing tonight with the low at 48. Tomorrow becoming partly to mostly sunny, breezy, and much cooler, the high 60. And Thursday, a sunny day with a high at 62. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide will not be denied. So, of course, that means Brent Beard with us here on the program. Each and every Tuesday, we like to check in with our good pal, Brent Beard of College Sports Today, First Coast News, and, of course, a longtime voter in the Heisman Trophy race on an annual basis. Brent, fresh from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, where he took in A-Day on Saturday. And it sounds like, Brent, 
Sounds like the weekend went about as smoothly as it possibly could have for you. Yeah, it was a nice week. I enjoyed being with Brother Brett. We, uh, uh, Travis, you can imagine, we we painted the town red a couple of times up in Huntsville, but but we're back we're back at his place by ten o'clock at night. So uh, that, that that sounds like a pop's weekend, does it not? Yeah, clean living when it comes to the Beard <laughs> Brothers. You know, if you ever. You ever need to kind of get yourself back between the ditches? Brett and Brent Beard are the people you need to dial up. And it sounds like, from a travel perspective, you were telling me, I guess you went in and out of Huntsville, your brother Brett up there, and uh, kind of surreal in some way the travel. I, we experienced what you were talking about before the segment with me uh, in Birmingham not long ago, but a ghost town up there at that Huntsville airport coming uh, uh, back yesterday. And listen, that's a nice little airport, Trav, that a lot of people don't take advantage of. It was the first time that, that I had done so, but on the way, way back yesterday, and Trav, this was five in the afternoon. I mm-hmm. was the I was the only person going through security. Uh, I mean, the you know, the security agents were kind of bored, uh, so I, I, I breached through it and uh, and frankly flew delta up there and it was a good experience even had to had to make a plane change and it worked out well so uh it, it, it as far as travel experiences uh like you i've had a lot worse right <laughs> you got to be careful not to travel with chase goodbread you don't travel with chase you won't get as we like to refer to goodbreaded You'll get yeah. good breaded yeah. if you travel with Chase Goodbread. But no, we kind of, the chocolate lady and myself, a couple of three weeks ago, were doing some traveling. And I think it was a Friday afternoon. And we hit Shuttlesworth over in Birmingham at like five in the afternoon. Yeah. And you would have thought it was 4 a.m. in the morning, yeah. on a, overnight Sunday or something. When the Chick fil A in an airport is closed on a day other than Sunday, you know there's not a lot going on. But uh, glad to hear the trip went well. And I'm sure you liked what you saw on Saturday. You didn't see a lot of the uh, roster, maybe, for Alabama. But what was out there, especially from a depth perspective, had to have you feeling encouraged about not only this upcoming season for Alabama, but when you look beyond 2021. Uh, oh, listen, the uh, the talent on the field is just enormous, uh, to say the least. Uh, I mean, when you look at all the individual, uh, I mean, the – I think the quarterback room, uh, I mean, obviously a lot of these guys need some developing, uh, but, I, uh, and the big, the big thing obviously is Bryce Young. Look, I think he looked fine. He looked mobile. Uh, now look, uh, the, the, uh, he, he's not, he's not any taller than I am. I can tell you that. Uh, and, and, and you know, Trav, in this league, uh, when those big linemen are holding their hands up, that can be an issue, but, he was accurate. It looked like he made some pretty good decisions. Paul Tyson, Braxton Barker getting some time. Man, you can't help but be impressed with those skill positions. And listen, this is something that you told people years ago that if if Saban stays in the recruiting cycle, that that they're going to have running backs uh, and wide receivers like like particularly like Hall, uh, the freshman war number seventeen, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, that that are going to be nothing like that Alabama fans have seen in years. And Trav, that's where they are, aren't they? They are from a depth perspective. And look, they've got a lot to prove at the wide receiver they position, do. obviously, uh, but certainly a lot of options. And JoJo Earl 
not even on campus yet. Really? So we'll see what type of impact he can make maybe early on in his career as well. Yeah, and I think for Bryce Young, it's a matter of throwing for three plus three thousand plus yards this year. Mm-hmm. And then some of the narrative about his height and his size, it'll magically transition from perhaps a negative where he is concerned to even more of the Russell Wilson yeah. comparisons. Absolutely. I think that's what's coming probably for uh, Bryce Young uh, when we look ahead. So uh, obviously depth on display, uh, a lot of young guys out there defensively, lines of scrimmage. We can talk about skill guys, but certainly that's where it's always it been a starting point for Alabama championship football teams. A lot to replace on the offensive side. Didn't have some of the guys that you anticipate being with that first group with them on Saturday. Uh, where do you think this team is at in terms of the trenches and, and where the game is ultimately decided, even in an era where it's all about quarterback play, or at least we think it is? Uh, right. Uh, I still think when they get all the pieces together on the offensive line uh, that they will be fine. Uh, the, the Rockmeyer kids, I think, are going to add a lot to that group. Uh, my goodness, Trev, the defensive line, uh, I, I think, is going to be very good uh, with the DJ Dales. Uh, Tim Smith is a guy that I think is going to be absolutely unblockable sooner than later. The Byron Youngs in that group. And look, I, I know a lot of these guys were out, but you had Chris Braswell. Um, that on, on the edge, just wrecking all kinds of havoc. Uh, so, so imagine when uh, those outside linebackers and those edge rushers are, are, are doing what they need to do. And, and, and again, as Saban says himself, Trav, we're now in a, in a situation where it's not sacking the quarterback. It's how much pressure can you get and I think this is a group that that will probably do well uh, as far as uh, harassing the quarterback throughout the season. Yeah, about eight years ago, you heard Nick Saban really start to emphasize twitch on yes. defense. And he was talking about across the board, not just at the edge pass rush spot or linebacker, or certainly in the secondary, but he was talking about on the interior too. And you've certainly seen more of that over the years. Uh, Ashawn Robinson provided some of that. Jonathan Allen certainly provided some of that. Deron Payne, Quinnen Williams. Uh, and now you're starting to think perhaps a Tim Smith is going to be the latest in a long line of those type of interior forces, not just two gap pluggers, but guys that can really wreck some havoc as you described it, Brent there where the defensive line is concerned. We're talking with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. So, Brent, when you look around the SEC, it was certainly a busy day for spring games. And as is typically the case, talked about this yesterday, optimism abounds pretty much just about anywhere you look. Georgia, LSU, a lot of positives coming from those spring games. Auburn, you heard some positive things. Uh, Arkansas with the quarterback situation that we talked about last week. Um, Coming out of the weekend, other than Alabama, which of these teams that had a spring game over the weekend, Mississippi State also in that mix, maybe even Vanderbilt, which of these other teams do you think is in the best spot coming out of spring ball? 
Well, I think Georgia had an interesting uh, spring game, and and uh, now look, they've got to, and even and Kirby Smart even mentioned it himself. Their offensive line is nowhere near where it needs to be, uh, which I frankly think, as far as offensive lines, Alabama can get there a lot faster than Georgia can right now, and Georgia's secondary is not where it needs to be either. Now, does that mean they don't they don't have talent? No, that's not what I'm saying, but. Uh, the reality is, uh, I think the thing that also came out of there uh, is like Cameron Latu at Alabama tight end, they have got a real weapon in Darnell Washington, Trav, that 6'7", six, six, 285-pound tight end who just kind of shook tacklers off uh, during the game. And, 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 and I tell you, and, and again, this is more for us down here uh, in Jacksonville, we know JT Daniels is going to be the quarterback, but there's some there's some real talk now that Carson Beck, the kid out of Jacksonville, may be the number two guy. He had he really had a pretty good scrimmage, twenty two thirty one for two thirty six. Now again, uh, transparently, this may be against the more the twos than the ones, but I, I think it's one of those things to where. In the league now, Trev, don't you? You've got to have a capable, obviously a, a playmaking starter. But I think we're at the point where you've got to have a number two guy. And I think Mac Jones is this for Alabama before he really came into his own. Who, if JT Daniels has a hamstring, that back can come in and, and they don't panic at the quarterback position. Yeah, that would be a big plus for them. And you're right, at the tight end position, you're talking about a former five-star from Vegas that Alabama was involved with heavily a couple cycles ago. Same class that Eric Gilbert came out yeah. in yeah. Uh, in 2020 and before moving on to LSU. I talked about this yesterday, Brent, and I'm probably, I'm probably overselling LSU, but I think if Georgia and LSU played on a neutral field today right. – I might pick LSU in the game because I still think top to bottom in terms of roster. Now, I'd probably worry a little bit about that coaching staff turnover that LSU has undergone here in the last really couple of years. But LSU, uh, again, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm buying in probably too early on the Tigers. To me, they look like a team that could potentially check all boxes, starting with the lines of scrimmage. Moving to the quarterback situation, getting some additional wide receivers to step forward with Kayshawn Booty. If Eric Gilbert comes back at tight end, defensively, you know you're going to have maybe the top corner tandem in all of college football with Eli Ricks and Derek yes. Stingley. Yeah. Am I missing it on LSU? No, or no, no, no. Where would you go with that sort of comparison right now with Georgia and LSU? I, 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 I'll say this. Uh, I would almost say right now – I would go with LSU over A&M, uh, yeah, frankly. That's and, a good one. And, and, and listen, uh, I, I know a lot of people would disagree with that, uh, I, and, and I, I agree with what Jimbo's done to the line of scrimmage. Their D-line is very good. Uh, but look, LSU has all kinds of trouble off the field, but this team on the field, Trav, they've got not one – but two capable quarterbacks and Miles Brennan and Max Johnson. And, and listen, even TJ Finley's played in a, uh, an SEC game before. Uh, so, and, and, and here's the difference with LSU from last year. Deronte Jones 
has done a really a, a solid job with this defense. Everybody who's covered them that we've heard from said that their secondary is infinitely improved from last year, the one that Alabama shredded, frankly, uh, all game long. Uh, but, but, but they've got, listen, they, they've got guys on that, on that D line that are really going to be hard to block. So I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that at all. At, at this point, if the, if the off the field stuff doesn't infect them internally, uh, on the field, LSU's going to be really hard to beat. And I think that's where O, either real or just perceived, being at least borderline oblivious to yeah. all of the chaos yeah. around his program can be beneficial to this 2021 team anyway. It just doesn't seem like O, even though he's directly implicated in some of this stuff with Darius Geis, doesn't seem like it, it impacts him at all. No. No. Yeah. no. So uh, that could be a positive, no doubt, for the Tigers. And so when we talk about the Saturday that was, boy, Auburn's a team that you didn't really hear much about, but that could end up being a good thing for Brian Harson. Nobody is talking about the Auburn Tigers in year one under his guidance. No, I think what came out of that was a lot of talk about Bo Nix being better. And, and I've talked to people who either watched the game or – had something to do with it there that uh, Nick's was better, but he still makes some of the same mistakes. Uh, look, look, even the Auburn beat writers, uh, Trav, have said that this year's team, it's not so much on how much better Bo is. This year's team is, can that offensive line be good enough to block for Tank Bigsby? Uh, that, that, that's probably going to be as much of an issue uh, for them uh, as anything else. I mean, Nick's, frankly, and again, when we understand the situation, it was a very pedestrian 12 of 20 for 112. He added a, a you know a little more rushing yards at this point. Smoke Monday, who you talked about last week, had a really good game uh, with with the first team defense. And we still kind of wonder, don't we? Uh, obviously, Mike Bobo has had an impact offensively, uh, but Derek Mason. Uh, it could be as big of a pickup for them as just about anything on this point. And I'm, I'm curious if you've noticed this with them because, uh, because some beat writers brought this up uh, over the weekend. This is a smaller Auburn team than people want to admit. And some of that is they really got behind uh, because of COVID uh, during the uh, d- during the last season, uh, as far as your strength and conditioning, uh, and, and we're not saying they look like a JUCO team or anything like that, but but it's just one of those things to where people have mentioned, even Auburn beat writers, that it's going to be an important off season for them in the weight room. Yeah, I think there's a couple different ways to look at the Auburn offensive line it's good news or bad news i guess depending on your vantage point good news is auburn returns all five starters along the (laughs) offensive line the bad news might be the very same thing we'll see maybe there's some improvement as far as the defensive line you got jj pegues going over there from that tight end position Uh, of course he is in the 300 pound range so this isn't Jalil Billingsley going from tight end <laughs> to defensive tackle. And, you know, you lose da- Daquan Newkirk to Florida and right. the transfer portal. And then you had a key injury 
early in the spring on that defensive front. So I might be inclined to think the defensive front is more of a concern for Auburn moving forward. I think yeah. Tyrone Truesdell, he's an experienced guy, so you feel good about having him in there. And traditionally, Auburn year in and year out just backfills and reloads with another group of very talented defensive linemen. But that's kind of where I have my my wonderment with this Auburn team, uh, especially when I look at the defensive side of the ball. So, Brent, when we look at the upcoming weekend, and there's no shortage of intrigue in terms of spring football action because you're going to have Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss on display. You're going to have Jimbo Fisher and the highly touted Texas A&M Aggies on display. You're going to have uh, Tennessee with its latest coaching change. Uh, you're going to see on Saturday on SEC Network Plus, Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Uh, of these games, maybe, which one are you most interested in? Which one is going to pique your interest the most, you think? Uh, uh, I, I'm not sure how much interested I am in as much as I just that. And, and I, is we, I don't, do we have a clue what we're going to see with South Carolina? Uh, I, I mean, I think the Doty kid is pretty good, and he's probably going to be the quarterback but Trav, realistically, uh, that is so new uh, with uh, with their coaching staff and what Beamer's going to be able to uh, to do with them. And, and, and listen, the other thing is Joe Milton going from Michigan to Tennessee. I mean, Trav, yeah. how, many, how many quarterbacks do they have now? It's crazy. Uh, listen. I remember you told me years ago that if you've got if you've got a half a dozen quarterbacks, do you have <laughs> do, do you really have one? Uh, yeah. I'm not sure they do. Do you? <laughs> you know, transfer quarterbacks are to Tennessee what fired head coaches are to Alabama. Oh, you know how yeah, absolutely. Saban kind of collects fired head coaches, yes. you know, brings them in as yeah, analysts. Yes. That's kind of Tennessee's kind of a layover. It seems like for Power Five quarterbacks looking. To make a move. I mean, you already have a Virginia Tech transfer in that quarterback competition right now. You've had a Stanford quarterback there in the previous years. Uh, It just seems like it it never slows down with the Vols. But uh, you're going to have that situation again. And you've got a quarterback competition at Texas A&M. Is Haynes King going to be the guy uh, for Jimbo Fisher post Kellen Mond? Got a lot of talent around the quarterback position. And even that offensive line at Texas A&M, you got to answer some questions. I know you're moving a very talented interior player out to left tackle, but pretty much across the board, uh, else, uh, elsewhere on that offensive line, you're going to have uh, some new faces there for the Aggies as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and Trev, let's not forget that um, uh, that alumni flag football game at oh, halftime with Jackie Sherrill on the sidelines, Trav. And Johnny Manziel quarterbacking both <laughs> teams. Absolutely. And, oh. you know, and, and one thing that does have my attention, too, and, and, and I like to see some of that Ole Miss game, uh, but we've heard a lot about, and, and look, we know about Matt, uh, Matt Corral, what they're going to be able to do. Uh, and you probably heard as much as I have about how improved they're supposed to be on defense. Hard to see that. Uh, all together in the spring game, but that does have my interest because if they're if they're better defensively, they could be a pretty dangerous bunch by November. Yeah, they could. I, I think I do think Ole Miss is one of those teams that we're kind of undervaluing a little bit, and especially when you look at the returning production. And 
quarterback with Corral, with Ely coming back at running back. I know they lost, uh, you know, Kenny Yaboa at uh, at tight end, Elijah Moore at wide receiver. But I think I think they've still got plenty. I really oh, yeah. do. And, and an offensive line. I know we talk more offensive line on this program than all the programs out there combined. <laughs> but Ole Miss returns its offensive line pretty much intact. If they can make any improvement defensively, uh, they're going to have a chance to be a pretty improved football team in 2021. What's this I see, Brent Beard, about how Mummy now coaching in the spring <laughs> league? You know, back in 19... 19- what was it? It was 1997. Yes. I went, this is for our guy Jeff, by the way, our yes. new Kentucky listener that's chimed in a couple times. Jeff, I was there at Commonwealth Stadium on a Saturday night in 1997 when Hal Mummy coached the Wildcats past Alabama and they tore the goalpost down oh, yeah. in Commonwealth Stadium. I never would have imagined pretty much 25 years ago thinking that in 2021, I guess, gosh, almost more than 25, right? I guess, yeah. well, right at 25. Mm-hmm. I never would have imagined how Mummy not being a Power 5 right. head coach oh, yeah. in 2021 with, with as hot as his brand was and where he was taking Kentucky and Tim Couch and all that mania. Where is he coaching now, Brent? Well, it's amazing. Uh, they've got this new spring leagues lineman team, uh, and it's a new league with eight teams playing out of Houston and Indianapolis, uh, 24 games in six weeks. I think what impressed me about this is, Trev, you see, that's a decent TV deal with Fo- with Fox and FS1. I mean, if you, it's a kind of a developmental league uh, that that some of these guys want to reach the NFL one day. But if you're going to do something like this, don't you've got to have a decent television deal in, in in place? And by the way, I've seen some of the promos for this. Would it travel? Would it surprise you at all if how Mummy has that towel wrapped over his shoulder again, as he always has? He's going to have that towel, Jerry Tarkanian, <laughs> John Thompson style. Yes. And pregame, he'll have that Jimmy Buffett. He liked that Jimmy Buffett music. You know, yes, he likes to play yes. that pregame as well. Well, Brent, we know we have college football playoff meetings cranking up. What in the world could they possibly be discussing in mid-April were those people. I guess you had, did you have some changes to the committee? Uh, well, you have that. They have an annual meeting every April, so this is it. Uh, now, I still think, from according to Dennis Dodd, I give him credit that uh, they're probably still a year away from any major announcement. But, I mean, look, Trav, uh, all these TV deals come undone in 2025. This is 2021, and I know that we've got a little bit of time, but you and I both know in business, uh, you don't do this thing the year before. Uh, and I, yeah. I, I think I think we'll I think we'll certainly hear a lot more uh, on this. Uh, basically, basically a year from now. And, and look, you know, like I do, there's a, there's some major stuff going on behind the scenes that they don't want to talk about yet. No doubt about it. Well, Brent Beard always does a great job for us here on Tuesdays. We certainly appreciate Brent. Give him a follow on Twitter if you haven't already, at Brent Beard, B-E-A-I-R-D. Until next week, Brent. 
We'll talk to you again soon. I look forward to it, Trav. And don't forget, starting today, Countdown uh, preseason magazines a month away. Oh, Brent's all over that. Still loves those <laughs> preseason mags. All right, Brent, we'll do it again next week. Thanks, man. You too, bud. Take care. There he goes, Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Clap your hands, everybody, if you got what it takes. Because I'm Curtis Blow, and I want you to know that these are the boys. Breaks on a bus, breaks on a car, breaks to make you a superstar. Breaks to win and breaks to lose, but these here breaks will rock your shoes. And these are the boys. Break it up, break it up, break it up. Sports Day at First Coast News. Checking in with us on a Tuesday. Now you know what Hal Mummy's up to, as promised. Former Kentucky head coach. Among other stops, the well-traveled Hal Mummy. Speaking of UK, let's head to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Right now, where I believe we have Jeff waiting to join us here on the program. Jeff, how you doing on this Tuesday? Well, you know what's going on, Travis? I knew about Mummy getting that new job, so. Hopefully, yeah, I think hopefully, you did. Hopefully that week can last longer than AAF. I think it's been going on five years now, so it did last longer than AAF. I think it, I think it lasted five minutes. I know. Do you and Drew still have season seats for the Birmingham Iron? Or did y'all give those up? <laughs> y'all give those up here from I never had season tickets to the Birmingham Iron. I was at one time, many, many years ago, a Jacksonville Bulls. USFL season ticket holder, a proud one at that, Jeff. Proud one. Jacksonville Bulls, I know they don't Bulls, but I know they were. I know they had USFL tickets down there. I know Spurrier coached one of them in the past. I don't know which one it was now. Tampa Bay Bandits. Tampa yeah, Bay yeah, Bandits for Steve Spurrier. Had the, he, he, he had the Birmingham, Birmingham Stallions back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the men, we, have, we had a team here in, team in Memphis, Memphis Showboats. Pepper Rogers. Memphis Showboats, Walter Lewis at quarterback. Yeah, yeah Pepper Rogers. Back yeah, Pepper Rogers, a, head coach. Yeah, and back in the day, this, I don't know if you know what's that today, the football league, the several, it's been several years ago now, they tried to expand the United States. I know they had teams like Memphis and like Louisiana, one mm-hmm. Louisiana, and they tried to expand. Of course, it never worked out. The fans didn't, didn't know the rules, and they didn't have much attendance. It lasted, I think, maybe six weeks or less than a year. But they had a team in Memphis, and they played in the Liberty Bowl. They were called the Memphis Mad Dogs. USFL, USFL should have made it. it, it well, no, initially, well, it, it was help. set up to make it, and then you had some owners of particular note that just couldn't, just couldn't keep it together and try to keep the USFL what it was originally meant to be. Tried to chase those NFL dreams, and well, uh, you had, you they had got a dollar. One. They got a dollar for their troubles. Yeah, three dollars. Yeah, you had, you had one guy that. 
tried to force him to do it. Our ex-president of the United States kept, kept bugging him to death when he owned the team. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. They were in a meeting. They were kept driving meetings. And he kept bugging him to death. It was challenging the NFL. And so he bugged him to death. And they finally reneged him. They finally gave in and did it. Of course, it cost him. You know, it cost when they did that. But he just finally, they finally gave in. Yeah, yeah, paid a bit of springtime league. It's a springtime league. They might have made it. I mean, I'm not big into spring football myself. But that when they started, you know, they had a, their their championship games were attended real well. And, and back in back in the day, they, they said they had better championship games than the Super Bowl back in the day. So when they started and everything. So, but yeah, if our ex-president hadn't had, had bugged them then, about going to town in the NFL, they might provide the day. But, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, but uh, now we got, got another recruit, recruit tight end from Ohio that committed, you know, his father played in the yeah. NFL. Played, his father played in the NFL, played for Michigan. He's coming to Kentucky, so that's nine. But uh, you know, we got to. You can't. You good. can't spell Stoops. You can't spell Stoops or Ohio without two O's. And so there well, you go. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. But hopefully, he's not like Oderon on the hot seat. So down there in LSU, him and him and Venari and Wade's on the hot seat down there. So I don't know if they're gonna survive or not. But uh, you know, as far as that's concerned. But uh, but we got another one nine. But I, I know that's what Drew told told me. Said y'all ain't never gonna challenge Alabama. But uh, you know, you know, I, you know, I, I do know this. Uh, uh, Travis, you know, a uh, uh, guy up here in Nashville said that that people in Alabama didn't know they had a basketball team last year. <laughs> I do know this. In the NCAA tournament, the guy supposedly the player of the year, the South Eastern Conference, supposedly and nobody ever heard of him until last year. Jones in the tournament when he shot them free throws, clank, clank, clank. Forty four percent. Y'all y'all lost UCLA. Yeah. Team seated eleven. So so y'all still trying to practice in free throws. Team John Kentucky next year. <laughs> Get that talent. So hang in there, have a good one. We'll see you. All right, there he goes, Jeff with the big blue drive through. I think I found a sponsor for Jeff in the big blue drive through. Because they've got those big blue bags at Peterbrook. I think Peterbrook's a natural sponsor. There's big blue bags sponsoring the big blue drive through. With Jeff. Jeff didn't even talk about his Kentucky volleyball team. Come on, Jeff. I think I saw where the Kentucky volleyball team's in the final four of the NCAA tournament. Didn't even get a plug. Didn't get a plug for Kentucky volleyball. Come on, Jeff. We're going to head to a final break. We come back. One more segment of Southern Fried Sports on a Tuesday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolates here, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A mild afternoon, the sky partially sunny, the high 76 degrees. Clouds increasing tonight with the low at 48. Tomorrow becoming partly to mostly sunny, breezy, and much cooler, the high 60. And Thursday, a sunny day with a high at 62. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. with more of a Tuesday edition. 
straight back to the Peterbrook Chocolate Tier Studio Line where we have our good pal Cowboy out in Texas waiting on us. Cowboy, how are you doing this morning? All right, Travis. How about yourself? I cannot complain, sir. Thank you for asking. I heard you. Hey, I got a couple of Jacksonville football teams for you. But, you know, I remember right. back in my growing up days, the, the best bowl besides maybe the sugar and the four New Year's Day bowls, which was considered the Gator Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. But um, you remember when they had the World Football League and the Jacksonville Sharks? Absolutely. Jacksonville Sharks. That was from the youth. But definitely, we had uh, down there, we had the Jacksonville Sharks. We had the uh, American Football League, which was a step below the World Football League and the USFL, we had the Jacksonville Firebirds, which the late Corky Rogers, the former Bowles and Lee high school coach, he coached the Firebirds in the spring. So he was doing both back then. He was uh, he was coaching the AFL team and coaching high school. So, uh, yeah, they've had a few. They've had a few pass through Jacksonville, like Birmingham and some other cities. Yeah. Birmingham had a team that, it was uh, in that uh, American League. I think it was the Alabama Americans or something. I think you're absolutely <laughs> correct. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Um, and then the uh, Jacksonville Bulls, their quarterback was Brian Sipe in the USFL. They did get Wasn't Brian Sipe uh, from the Generals, I believe. I think Sipe was originally with the Generals and then ended up in Jacksonville. Yeah, former Cleveland Brown. Yeah. Also had, remember yeah. Ed Luther? He was the backup to Dan Fouts with the San Diego Chargers, mm-hmm. and they spent some big money on him to get yeah. him into the USFL. Yeah, blast from yeah. the past. Yeah, you know, that World League also, Gary Danielson was the quarterback in that league before he went to the uh, Detroit Lions. I can't remember the team, but. Gary Danielson was in the World Football League. Merle Harmon, <laughs> that pelican-looking bird, would drop the football before every game on TV. <laughs> you know, you know, Merle Harmon was like the voice of the uh, Texas Ranger baseball team out here for a while in the late. Really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I think he passed away about seven, eight, nine years uh-huh. ago. But hey, speaking of Jacksonville, I saw a deal, and I'm trying to confirm what I thought I saw. On um, the uh, ESPN a week ago last Sunday, that Garner Minshew had some cheesy like porn actor look going. Have you? Did you see that picture? <laughs> that would not surprise anyone. I think down in Jacksonville or anywhere else where Gardner Minshew is concerned, he is uh, he's very much his own vibe, as the kids like to say, on his yeah, own. He, yeah. yeah, he had like a it. mullet. He had like a mullet shaved on the side and some kind of white T-shirt and like joint-looking pants. Oh, yeah, he loves the jorts. He's perfect. If you've ever been to Northeast Florida, Gardner Minshew is like the poster guy for guys, uh, especially natives of Jacksonville and Northeast Florida. He is. He's that dude. I pretty much – went to high school in Northeast Florida with Gardner Minshew. Every guy I went to high school with in the mid-80s had the Minshew look 
you know, 40, 40 years ago. So uh, he's oh, just kind of he's just bringing it back. He's keeping it real down there with that look. I got you. Well, um, yeah. I was impressed with the A-Day game, but I never did find – did your daughter last fall ever do any sports stuff or she just kind of finished up? No, no, she, you know, she did it. She um, she was she she pretty much just took a year off, and um, she's I think she's about to go into the coaching aspect of things uh, pretty much full time. She's got an opportunity coming up that uh, I think she's going to jump into, and it looks like uh, it's coaching. It, it's crazy though, Cowboy, because one of her best friends that she played with at Shelton has got another year at the four-year level up at old dominion um because of covid and also Mm -hmm. this 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 young this young lady had an acl injury so savannah will be two years out of college basketball and she'll have a former teammate that's still playing it's it's amazing how covid has impacted things from an eligibility standpoint it's it's extended careers up to six years for for some players and then in her instance it cut short her fourth year so yeah. It's kind of been all over the board. But yeah, she's uh I think she's gonna be coaching here pretty soon. Well, good deal. One day when I'm driving through Tuscaloosa, because I'm originally from Birmingham and uh I'll I'll get you and Gary Harris and we'll meet at the uh full moon barbecue and we'll have a round table and we'll go for hours talking about this old sports <laughs> stuff that we like to talk about. Love to do it, man. Love to do it. Thanks as always for the call, cowboy. All right, be good. That's a wrap for a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. The lunch whistle on this Tuesday, as it is every Tuesday. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. It is a Thai Chicken Tuesday at Heat Pizza Bar. That means starting at 6 o'clock, you're going to get those Thai Chicken pizzas for just 7 bucks. Trust me, get two. Get two. Double up on the Thai Chicken pizzas. It's a great day to do it. Any day is a great day to visit Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.